Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. podcast i have one of my favorite people stevie frazier joining me stevie gosh her journey is amazing and we talk through the whole thing this is actually one of my longer podcasts we were having such an amazing conversation it just couldn't stop so i oh i can't wait for y'all to hear this but we talk about her life her upbringing what motivated her um she's so funny too like she's hilarious she survived cancer her mom and sister also have survived cancer she and her husband are now this power couple in nashville they run a publishing company um partnered with jay-z what what and her husband was songwriter of the year he's written so many smashes for some of the biggest country artists um and they have a publishing company together that stevie runs and she just talks about all that how amazing that is um the magic of songwriting and songwriters and this, this delicate finesse of learning how to live in this artistic community and handle artistic people, like, because there's such an art to it because she pitches songs to artists and managers and, um, producers. And she talks about her first time that she ever pitched a song to producer when she was intern. Like she just started working at Sony, um, just gotten out of the mail room and she pitched a song to Kenny Chesney's producer, Buddy Cannon, kind of without telling anyone. It was a big move and it ended up opening this career up for her. And so she talks about that, how like not being scared to be bold and take a chance on yourself when you have an opportunity and going for it. She's done that over and over again, but there's such a magic to handling into navigating this entertainment industry. And Stevie has just done it so well. We talk about when she met Beyonce, the first time she met Beyonce, because they went to the Christmas party because they're partnered with Jay-Z. And Beyonce was there. And Stevie had just had her surgery. Uh, she had just had 
breast surgery because she was she had breast cancer and so she was coming out of surgery. She hadn't drank it forever. She got a little tipsy and walked up to the queen and talks about her story. It is the funniest thing ever. And then she sees her again the next year and they have a great conversation. But anyway, this this conversation with Stevie is so good and funny and she's just so her personality is one of the best personalities I've ever been around. She's a great person. And I know, I know y'all are going to love this and just laugh and learn and be so inspired by this. So here's Stevie Frazier. Hey, everyone. I'm here with someone who's so fabulous. Stevie Frazier. Hello. What's up? Everything's up. Everything's up and everything's down. <laughs> I'm like, Ain't that's a truth. Super busy, super bored. No, I'm not bored. I'm not bored. I would love to be bored for like five minutes. I know. Well, I don't. I, I know you said you're not bored, but like that's how I am sometimes. I feel like I am so unbelievably busy. Yes. And then all of a sudden, I'll just like have nothing. But there's always this running list in my head. Always. Is there always a running list for you? There's. So I have this app called Wonderlist. Okay. And in the middle of the night, or it's crazy. I could get to bed to the actual bed by like nine thirty, ten o'clock, and then. I'm still awake. I'm like, I have a puzzle app. I'm like trying to calm my mind. I'm taking melatonin gummies. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to chill out. I have this little meditation I was going to say, do you listen to meditation? I do. I have have these UCLA meditations that Rita Wilson sent me. And she was just like. Oh, like Tom Hanks' wife, Rita Wilson? Oh, just (laughs) slide that one in. Oh, yeah, you know. Are y'all buds? When I got... When I got cleared of breast cancer last year and Jesse was at the BMI Awards, he was winning Writer of the Year. Yeah, okay, so you have to talk about that because you had cancer and your husband won Songwriter of the Year Yes, in the same year. Like, you've had just a wild journey. It's so crazy because we were saying this the other day. It's fine. Someone's ringing the doorbell and I'm just going to ignore it. It's probably a package because <laughs> I have 87. Sugar! And Sunny's trying Sugar to sleep. Girl. This is how real it is. Sunny's trying to sleep. Michael's not home yet, so praying she didn't cry. We get packages dropped off all the time. I need to write a note. Please don't ring the doorbell. Yeah. But I don't. And then Sugar barks. But luckily, Sunny sleeps through it all. We don't have a doorbell. So any commercial that has like doorbell rings or whatever, Gus has no clue. And so I'm like, oh, this is awesome. We've never had a doorbell. But if my phone dings, he thinks it's the dog sitter coming to get him. Oh. And he loses his mind. See, he, He's like, she's here. I'm oh like, nobody. No, she loves the dog sitter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so much more than me does it she's hurt like, your feelings no well at first I was like he loves you more than me she's like no she's like it's like we have joint custody and okay. you pay me child support and I'm the fun parent <laughs> like she's like he comes over and gets to play and you have to like enforce the rules I'm like yeah so you kind of so get true. the shit end of the stick though yeah I'm the mom she's making the money having all the fun and you're having to be the disciplinarian yeah. that pays she gets to be like fun dad <laughs> Yeah. You know, like dads are always like, oh, what am I going to do with the kids when I get them? I'll take them to Chuck E. Cheese. And the mom's like, do your homework. Eat She's your the vegetables. Fun dad. Yeah. Screw her. I know. I'm just kidding. We love her. <laughs> I love her. It's so funny when we're gone. She's sending us pictures and I'm like, thank God. I don't have to worry about this crazy dog. Because he has a ton of energy, doesn't he? So much. Yeah. Is he like a dog that needs to be exercised? 24-7. What kind of dog is he? He's a Weimaraner. Oh, they like to run, huh? He likes to run. He likes to jump. He likes to. But then it's also crazy he could have his brain going a mile a minute and then I'll say do you want to sit in my lap and I'll get in the couch in the corner and he curls up in like a little roly-poly position so he's, he's like the best of both worlds yeah except sometimes I'm just like having to work and he's like look at me pulling blankets off the couch <laughs> like going a little kid. yeah mom mom Ugh. mom watch me watch me mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Give okay. me all your attention. Back to Rita Wilson and yes. melatonin. So we were, rains it pours, everything is good, everything is bad. We were trying to do IVF and I was doing it at a clinic that was just starting up at a pretty reputable place and I was just like so excited. I'm like, okay, we're going to collect some eggs. We're going to, you know, I have the BRCA gene. So I it's the, um, the BRCA gene, my mom has it. Um, probably my aunt, I'm not sure, but it's just a gene that puts you at a higher risk for breast, ovarian, skin cancer, all these kind of crazy things. And my mom got diagnosed with breast cancer five years ago, I think now. And so then we all got tested, me and my two sisters. Um, and me and my middle sister, I'm the oldest of three. My middle sister had it and I had it, thankfully, my little sister, littlest sister didn't. But so y'all both had breast cancer. We did, yeah. And you had um, no idea. You only got tested because your mom had this gene. Yes. And so wow. for the past five years, well, not in the last year and a half, but I was going to get tested um, doing mammograms. And every six months, I would do a breast MRI, mammogram, MRI, mammogram. And at first, Jesse was like, I don't want you to get tested. He's like, I just think it's going to stress you out. It's going to freak you out. And I was like, dude, I want to be ahead of this because it's coming. Like there's no, my aunt had breast cancer four times. My mom, or three times, three or four, I can't remember. But my mom had it. Then my mom got skin cancer. So I was just like, I want to be ready. Amen. Yeah. And he Instead was like. Instead of living in denial that yes. it couldn't happen. And my sister, she got tested, knew she had the gene, but found a lump and ignored it so she kind of your sister mm -hmm, and came into it like stage there's it's really weird it's like stage one two three four but then there's like levels in each stage so she came into it pretty close to a stage three and had to deal with a lot of chemo a lot of medicine and it's also really crazy that we all have a different kind of breast cancer so like when people are just like why haven't we found a cure for breast cancer or whatever or any cancers or whatever it's like there's so many oh wow so it's not just like you get it's breast like cancer breast and it's cancer. like vanilla ice cream here's yes. the cure it's yeah. like it's there's like all different natural varieties. vanilla vanilla bean french vanilla <laughs> you know what really? i mean yeah so she has a hormone led one i don't so she has to take medicine forever okay um what i is can't yours? take any medicine i had my mom had a triple negative my sister had a her too what's a triple negative it's just an aggressive fast it's like a fast growing but my mom found it very early because my aunt had it my aunt and my sister have the same kind it's it's just crazy Wait, you can't take medicine why is that no um so i can't take any hormones uh because mine is hormone fed my sister has oh. to take a hormone. Yeah. So like so when. It's like a diabetic can't have sugar. Yeah. It's crazy. Which. It was nuts. And I, and Jesse was just like. I don't want. I don't want to stress you out. Because I'm a worrier. I mean. I like. Will have a puppy. And be like. One day he's going to be old. And he's like. Oh my God. <laughs> like, I know. What is that? Love I the like now. I do that too. I'm so. I have so much trouble loving the now. Me. I, I'm like anxiety 24 7 i am trying to love the now like that is my goal hardcore because i am so tired of having anxiety yeah, are you too. oh 
Yes. And I'll just be like, okay, I'm going to breathe. I'm like looking at all these techniques. I'll get in a mind space app and I'm like, all right, everything is fine. And then I'm like, oh my God, did I forget to turn off the oven? I know, stupid <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, oh, I haven't used the oven in three days. No, it's fine. I'm like, I haven't curled my hair. I'm like, the curling iron. Stevie, I it's run through crazy. a list of every single thing that could go wrong at all times constantly. I do too. And men, I feel like for the most part, don't worry about it. Oh, no. The other day, I woke up uh, super early to take a flight and I'm trying to be all quiet and I open the door and Jesse had left his keys in the door. And so I'm like, hey, turn on the alarm, you know, do all this stuff. And then I open the door. And I'm like, oh, cool. Keys are right here. You know, it's fine. And I'm like slamming the door. I'm like, you got, I've gotten us murdered. And he's like, what's happening? And I'm like, go back. Oh, like all night. The keys are just in the door. Oh, all night long. Oh my yeah. gosh. I know. Meanwhile, I'm like, did you lock the door? Did you lock the bedroom door? Did you lock the door to get to the door to the screen door? And the He's like, oh, my God. So yeah. how are you combating this? Um, you know, I don't know that I am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's just, honestly, it's the being busy. I, sometimes I don't have time to be worried. Mm -hmm. That's Pretty can we just it. stop worrying like can we just hand it over to god that's what i'm trying to do like i'm trying to do these gabby Girl. bernstein mantras start your day off right like i am blessed yeah. i am abundant i am healthy that's good i am calm and just starting off with that and then i'm just trying to stay in the moment like yes. i have a big calendar now so i write everything down that's, that's due, good. and i stay ahead of it and then i'm like okay i don't need to run a loop in my head because it's on the calendar I know. And like, I'm going to write down what I need to do this day. So then I don't have to run this loop. Yes. That's I'm why tired. when I'm laying in bed and I'm like, oh crap, I've got to do this. And then I'm like, okay, pull the Wonderlist app out, put it in the list. And then shut and your brain off. Go to bed. But I can do that with things that I have to do mm -hmm. more than I can do it with thoughts of like, why are we here? What is life? What is the meaning of existence? Stevie, <laughs> like, I love you. I'm like, oh my gosh. Why am I thinking this right now? And I'm, it's insane. I'm like, oh, my parents, they're growing older. And I'm like, I'm getting older. Oh my God, you can't stop aging. Oh my God, you can't stop death. And then I'm just like, okay, I love you, Gus. I love you, Jesse. Like, I'm just like, oh, sing a song in my head, go to bed. Stevie. It's crazy. I, that is the best description I've ever heard of my own brain. Yeah, it's nuts. Because like as soon as I get the work stuff and the immediate needs checked off, it's like, let's go to the big wide oh, yeah. open world of the universe of everything that's happening and anything that could go wrong. Yes. But I don't want to think about the things that can go wrong. Well, that's what I don't want to do anymore is like worry about that. It's weird though. I, sometimes it's not even stuff that goes wrong. And here's the thing too. Growing up, my parents, my grandparents which I appreciate and probably with my own children, I would do to a certain extent. But even my, my littlest sister and I talk about this all the time. Like it was, you know, look both ways. Don't talk to strangers. Don't, you know, like walk to your car prepared and, you know, always look around you. Be aware of your surroundings. Look in the back seat. lock all the doors, which I appreciate because it's gotten me through life and I'm safe and I'm healthy now and I'm and nothing bad happened to me yeah. and so I think about like my nephew and nieces and go you know okay I mean it was to the point of like don't park next to a car that looks like this like it was intense so you're just like on guard yes. all the time so it was like running list of keep myself safe keep checklist constantly. yes and I appreciate 
that it got me through life, you know, like watch your drink. Don't ever, you know, it was just mm-hmm. constant. From you know, your parents? From my parents, from my grandparents, like walk to your car with your keys in your hand like this. It was everything. Here's some mace on a keychain. Here is, so I felt always on guard, but then always like, come at me, I dare you. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was just like, I felt completely scared and also like I could be a badass at any moment. For sure. So I was like, oh, I am ready. But also, right. please don't hurt me. Right, <laughs> right. Like, yes. So I can't help but go, okay, everyone's safe. And then I am I take it to the, like, nth degree. Oh, the universe. Like, why are we here? What's going to happen? Is one day our earth going to just explode from the inside out? Are we really going to, like, all fry up, like, in global warming? Yes. Like, I think about that, too. And oh. the fires in Australia. Like, what's the world yes. ending? Like, oh, my God, all the animals. And then I get sad. And then I have to stop. Girl. Because then I'm, like, depressed for the whole world. I'm like, that is too heavy for one person. <laughs> yes. We watched... Some like one strange rock, I think it was with Will oh, Smith yes, narrating yes, it. Yes, yes, and it was just like about the planets, and it was astronauts who had like seen the Earth from uh-huh. outer space. We and watched that. I was just like, man, this is so fascinating. And then you're like, okay, where does God fit into this? And then you're like, where, what are we here for a billion years? And then the other day, I just asked Jesse out of the blue. I'm like, do you think like we've got maybe like a hundred years left of the Earth? Or and he's like, what? And I'm like, you know, like, like, probably not going to be forever, right? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, you think it'll be our, our lifetime? Like, <laughs> our kids, like, if we have kids, is that going to be their lifetime? Like, I just want to know, like, you know, have a good idea. Yeah, like, should we have a kid? Because, like, what if they're in, like, a weird time? And he's just like, dude, you got to just, like, let it be. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm like, yeah, I'm totally letting it be. But, like, also... <laughs> What's going to happen? <laughs> He's just like, oh, man. It's it just I can't turn it off. I know. Stevie, yeah. I love your brain. Yeah. But also another friend of mine, I was just like, do you think like this? And she's like, oh, 24-7. She goes, I wish I could just be like, ignorance is bliss. Same. Like, oh, my gosh, this day is so great. And whatever happens today in this minute is awesome. And I'm like, oh. Me too. How Me do we too. do that? I'm like, oh, we're too smart for our own good. I'm like, we I know wish, too much. but we're geniuses. We're geniuses. <laughs> so I'm like, I always yeah. feel like I, it's better. Like sometimes I'm like, is it, it's better to know less. I know. Like just know what you need to know and that's it. <laughs> well, and, and so I've started to take some steps back away from like knowing too much about politics in the big scheme. I'm like, okay. Let's bring it down when we start to have some local things. I'll learn about these people. I'll get more involved this way. And then when it gets to like bigger elections and it's narrowed down some, it just is too much. Yes. Like I'm like, I can't think about everything. It's too much to think about on a deep, broad level. Yes. Because like your soul and your heart can only handle so much. For sure. So if you're thinking about every tiny detail that is possibly out there that you can gather about politics mm-hmm. if you're thinking about every tiny detail that is possibly out there that you can gather about the universe about like what's happening in the world yes like what's happening in our lifetime what's happening in health like all the different everything things that are health. going on in the world health people like, good and bad yes. like what about things and you're just like if okay. you're handling yeah. all of this on the biggest level 
It's too much. It's so much. We can't handle all that. The other day I said, I kind of want to just like, sometimes I want to like think about how I would raise a kid to be just kind of an asshole who doesn't care because (laughs) sometimes I'm like holding the door for someone and they just like breeze by or they'll let it slam in my face. And I'm like, you're welcome. (laughs) And then I'm just like, what is my problem? I'm like, man, if if I was an asshole, I just wouldn't even care. And then he's like, yeah, but you could never, you know, like. I just think about you think about people in every yes and angle just, from people yeah, at all the time. And I'm like I would rather get my feelings hurt being nicer to someone than go through life and not have the like connection being a jerk. I get that. It's worth it for the yeah. connection. Yeah. And I and I would want my kids to be like the kids. I just remember my we had to say like yes ma'am, no ma'am. Yes, all that kind we. of stuff. And I remember just having my mom's friends be like stevie is so sweet or you know i just love when she comes over and i remember having friends that my mom would just be like i cannot wait for this kid to go home you know Mm -hmm. and so i'm like i would want a kid like that too i want i want the good i want this person that feels a little more empathetic than and gets their feelings hurt but is a good human versus just a little then living in your own around. little tornado and yeah. not really caring about anybody else but it's a even struggle. though it might be more fun to be in your own tornado because then you just do oh. you all the time oh for if sure you could have a hybrid if you could be in your own little world yes. and then still be considerate and care yes. about the people that you love but for the most part you're just operating in your own little universe yeah maybe that's the ticket how well, do you do that i think too sometimes like working in the business there's there's a moment where you're kind of a sweet asshole because you're a publisher. Yeah, your partner. Are y'all partnered with Jay Z? We are. Our our company is partnered with Rock Nation, which is Jay Z's company. Which is and um, have you met JD Jay Z? I did. And you got to tell your Beyonce story because <laughs> oh this my is my God. favorite story. So for all y'all listening, Stevie is a badass publisher. You and your husband have a publishing company together. Ooh. And a publishing company is where you have songwriters that write for you. Yes. And they write songs and then you get them to artists to yes. put on their I'm albums. I'm basically a a babysitter of grown-up humans. <laughs> I manage their their writer calendars and, and pair them. It's like matchmaking with other songwriters. They come write a song, give it to me. I take it to the producers or the artist or the labels and say, please cut this song on your next record. And when I was younger, I would just like stare at the CD or the cassette you know inserts and be like who wrote these songs and really oh I was obsessed you're obsessed with the makers of the song yeah and because at first you think like the singer wrote everything yeah exactly or you just think the songs appear somehow totally and then you're like reading all the lyrics and then you see in the parentheses the songwriter's names you're like I don't see Faith Hill on this who is you know so and so Jesse Frazier right yeah who's Stephanie Smith who is this person and I'm just like oh my gosh okay and then you come to town and you start working and I was in the tape room which at the time where publishing company at EMI okay which now doesn't exist anymore but it was a bit it was a major and I got hired to basically burn CDs for song pluggers Mm. which is what I am now so they would come to me and say hey put these five songs on a CD 
I'd burn it. They'd take it to a meeting, play it for a person, and they'd say, oh, yeah, we want to hold these songs and cut them on our next record. And So is that how you started realizing that that was the job you wanted? Like, how did you narrow down what job you wanted yeah, in the I music industry? Yeah, I came here to sing. So oh, wow. I didn't even know what a music publisher was. I was like, I'm just going to go to Nashville. My mom's like, you have to have a fallback plan. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, a friend of mine said, you could go to school for music business. And I was like, what? Judah Belmont? No, I went to MTSU. Okay. And it was just because a high school friend of mine went to MTSU. That's the, I was, he was just like, did you know you could go to school and like learn about record labels and stuff? I was like, what? So you knew from a young age, you wanted to be in the music industry. Oh yeah. Like when I would meet people or or date someone back home in Georgia, I'd be like, just so you know, I'm going to Nashville. So like, can't get too serious. (laughs) Stevie, I feel like I was the same way. I swear to you. Like, I, yeah. I relate to your story so much. I never thought I was going to stay in Texas or Waco. I was oh, I always knew. going to Nashville. Always. I knew. And I, it was Nashville for me. Always. Yes, me too. It wasn't like, oh, I have to find out where music is. It was like, I'm going to Nashville. Yes. To be a country singer. How'd you find out about this? Nashville? My mom sang when we were younger. And I would sing in bands and like harmonize for her. And um, she was, it's so crazy. She was in like contests a bunch. And then she won a trip to Nashville to sing at this place called the Nashville Sound and like won a, and then like won a trip to like sing and sing and sing and sing and whatever. But, um, so I was like, oh, okay, well that must be where music's made. So, so you I'm just, just knew you locked in. Yeah. Like really early. How I don't, old were you? I don't even know. Like, like I just preaching? knew I was singing. Yeah. I like. Also, my parents would be like, come out here and sing Elvira for everybody. Or come out here and... Would you sing on demand? Oh, 100%. You're fearless. I was like, look at me. I'm singing. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm like, love me. Give me attention. Give me applause. Stevie, are you a four on the Enneagram? No, I'm a two. I'm a four. With an eight wing. Oh, wow. I know. So two is a helper and an eight is the... Challenger. Challenger. That's how you're like, I'll help you. I love you. But come at me. Yes. (laughs) I know. It's so weird. I'm like, hi, is there anything you need? Don't ask for too much. (laughs) (laughs) Or you better appreciate this. Freaking love you. Yeah. I was just like always doing that. great combo. Well... Kind of. Then yeah. you're like super empathetic and then you're like, why don't people appreciate everything I'm doing for them? You know? Uh-huh. Oh. oh, it's a it's a headache, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's a blessing so, and a curse. It's crazy. Okay, so you're like, I'm coming to Nashville. Coming Your mom. Yep. Was, yep. Went to the music business program at MTSU and then interned at Warner Brothers. Interning was a game changer for me. Was it a game changer for 100%, you? 100%. Because... In the music industry, it's a way in. Yeah. And at a young age. I mean, honestly... We could do a lot of jobs without going to school, but there's no way you could come here and get a job without knowing what the jobs are. Yes. And and how to get into players are. And, and you don't do that without interning. I totally agree. I feel like school to me was worth it for the internships. I went to Belmont and I interned all interned at Capitol Records. I interned at publishing companies. Yeah. I interned for songwriters all over the place. And that is how I learned the music business. But you have to be in school. Or no, you don't, I guess. You have to be in school to intern. You do? Yeah. Like for us, we cannot have an intern who isn't getting school credit. Because you're not paying them. Yep. And it's, um, and there's no, I mean, let's be real. Nobody here in Nashville is paying people to do anything they could get for free oh yeah of course not <laughs> and for us too our company is so small even though we're attached to rock nation Jay-Z. everything is us like going okay we have to whatever we pay anybody for anything whether it's candles for the office or snacks for the writers 
it's coming out of our red balance. So we have to make this money back and fill up this hole that they're lending us to run. So if you can get someone for free, you're going to get someone for free. Absolutely. And a lot of those jobs that you need in your office aren't like, you don't have to have a full skill set yet. You can just be curious and hungry. Yes. And you can kind of teach them how to do it. It's just tedious stuff like burning a CD, which takes a long time. Like typing up lyrics and letting, you know, writers and artists in the building and not being a weirdo. Mm. I mean, (laughs) that's basically what it is. Having a cool personality actually goes a long way. It goes so much further than... Not necessarily cool, but just like a good personality. Yes. One that vibes with people. A good hang. Yes, Like even in our writers, you know, like we have, we're so lucky that... Rock Nation has been so nice to us to be like, hey, we trust you. We see that you have an eye and an ear for talent and Jesse's just killing it. So it's it's kind of like, let us know if you need us. So y'all get to run it however you want. We and they do. just support you and yep. back you and they're like, you fly, little bird. Yes. I'm Anytime your big daddy wanna... over here if you need me to drop the hammer. Totally. But you got this. We'll say, hey, we really love this writer. Here's the music. And before they even listen... And they always listen. But before they even listen, they're like, do you like it? Are you passionate about this? Is this something you just do it? Are you going to work it? Do you right. believe in it? Because yep. basically, they're not in Nashville. That's not their yeah. honey hole. Like, they're obviously exactly. killing the rock, the hip hop world and yep. the pop world. So it's like, okay, they're hiring who they think is killing it in the country world. Totally. Which is your husband, Jesse Frazier, who's writing every number one song oh. in the world. And you, as the publisher, running it. God, you are like a total power couple. It ah. is. And it's so funny, though. How many number ones has Jesse gotten? He has uh, 13. 13. In, in country, and he he had um, he had the Kane Brown Marshmallow song. I freaking love that song. What's I it called? I uh, One Thing Right. I got one thing right. Yes. Oh, my God. That yeah. is such an honest song. Oh, my gosh. When I heard that song for the first time, Kane singing it, I was like, dang, he is, like, really being vulnerable. I know. I know, and I loved that for I him. I loved that for him. Yeah. I feel like like marriage and fatherhood is like changing him in a great way 100 percent. and it's so fun too because those kind of songs like for our family for my nephew who's 11 he's like obsessed with marshmallow mm-hmm. and he's like oh my gosh uncle jesse you are the this. coolest we're like uncle. sending marshmallow gear to him and he's like this is amazing oh my god you like win it's so cute like the first time Jesse had written uh, Southside with Chris Stapleton. Or Carrie Underwood? And, and no, it's uh, that's Southbound. Oh. But oh, Southside oh. Uh, was a TR song. Thomas, Thomas Rhett. Rhett. Yep, song. And it was in the Chipmunk movie. Oh, my gosh. And it was like, the fir- like Jesse had done all these things, but <laughs> all of a sudden he's cool because he had a song in a Chipmunk movie. Isn't it so funny? It's crazy. Like, perspective like, is that's reality. The thing. Yeah. Yeah, kids. I mean, truly. Yeah. And now it's like Marshmallow, so it's like cool again. What are some of Jesse's biggest songs? Uh, let's see. Um, he wrote "Dirt on My Boots" for John Party, which was a three-week number one. My favorite part is, but I can only get so fast. Oh, I know, I love it. I love oh, it. I love that. He wrote that one with um, Rhett Akins and Ashley Gorley, and I remember them turning in the demo, and Rhett was singing it, and it had such a no diggity vibe, mm-hmm. like it was so kind of hip hop with just these country lyrics, and I was like, oh my god, I'm obsessed with this song. And um and John just took it to a whole other level. John Party crushed it. It was crushed like it. made for John Party. It was so good, and I just yeah, I love that. And I Red Aiken, so I always get it wrong. It's Aikens, yes, not Atkins. Aikens. Red Aikens is Thomas Rhett's dad. 
Yes. Which is really cool because they write together and Thomas took him on tour with him, which I is know. so fun. It's so crazy. The whole TR, Thomas Rhett camp. It's fun. Like there's a crew it's, of y'all. Y'all are like a camp. Y'all are a posse. Yes. It is. Uh, we, what's so weird is that I first worked with Rhett at EMI. So y'all have been in business a long time. Yeah. I knew him and I remember going Does out. Does he write for y'all now? No. Oh, okay. He writes uh, for Chapel. Okay. But I remember going out to lunch. We were like at Jay Alexander's sitting there and he's like, yeah, my son wants to get into music and I don't know. I don't know if I want to, you know, whatever. And I was like, well, it's probably going to happen. I mean, <laughs> if he wants to, it's going to happen because everybody's going to look at you. At the time, Rhett had just that come out of his record truck deal. Yeah. In her drive. And was, that was writing favorite all song. those big hits, like, you know, all the, the big new country stuff was coming in it was like he was just catching fire again as a songwriter now yeah. not an artist yeah and so he's just like i don't know if i want and i think tr was like 14 it was happening and yeah. i'm just like whoa so you were in on it from the beginning but what's weird is that then we lost touch for such a long time because i left emi went to olay publishing i've been in publishing for about 15 years and i left went to olay then i started working with pat higdon um, once he left a, a major and restarted up his independent and, and what was that called? it was called Patrick Joseph music okay. and we had a lot of fun and, and it was the first time that I had a, a person in the music business who was like such a mentor to me uh. and I just kind of was like figuring it out on my own. Like I, when I was in the tape room, it was kind of like, here's your job, burn CDs, don't make any waves. Just put your head down, do whatever it takes. And then it'd be like, well, EMI was huge. Wait, were you telling yourself that? Or yeah. was that, that was your yeah, philosophy? Yeah, it was the vibe. It was like, oh, okay, was like, the song business. pluggers do this, you burn CDs. And then it's like, okay, well, I want to do what they do. So I'm going to- What did you like about what they did? I just, I loved, once I got, I didn't even know what publishing was. It was, I had interned at record labels. And then a friend of mine was like, hey, this publisher- friend of mine they need to hire someone I was getting out of college it was like take the job whatever the job is and then get a job figure out what I want to do later totally and so get in yeah like get in and whatever it is as long as I'm on some kind of creative side then I'll figure it out I feel like that's really good advice for anyone who wants to be in the music business like get in yes and learn the players take the trash out bust your ass (laughs) Ask what else you can do. Ask if you can, like, if you got a cool vibe and a good hang. Yes. Try to go to events. Yeah. You know, try to go to, like, number one parties and, like, go to events if you can and network. Yes. I was making, like, 18 grand a year. And I'm like, okay, I have 10 bucks extra this week. If I go to this showcase and I'm watching, you know, a writer or or artist try to get a deal, but I see the head of a label or I see someone in the A&R department who is going to be a good contact for me. I'm going to use that 10 bucks to buy them a Bud Light. Smart. And then that's a, that's a very like cool move. Well, cause it's like, I'm not getting in and kind of like expense account and I'm broke as hell, but this is, if they like me, then they'll let me pitch them a song one day where when I get to that level, they're going to go, Oh yeah, she's cool. Yeah, sure. Come on in. You know? And it did, it did that for me. Did that like, pay off for you? And you can use your internship as your like card. Be totally. like, Hey, I'm in college. I'm already interning for so and so. So, so this, like, you know, you can just be bold. Absolutely. And once I started at EMI, it was just kind of like, Hey, you know, Tom, Tom Luteran, can I go to a meeting with you? Or so you just asked. Oh Yeah. Or Don't I would, be scared to ask. EMI was huge and had so many songs and songwriters that 
you know, once these songs come in and they're brand new and they're hot, all the pluggers are taking them out. They want everyone to hear them as quick as they can because new songs are being written every day and coming in new. So I'd be like, hey, is it okay if I pitch these old songs, this back catalog? And they're just like, oh, okay, that's cute. Sure. Yeah, do whatever. And then I'm like, all right, if I can buy Brian Wright a beer at Universal and he's listening for you know at the time anyone like Julie Roberts or whatever and and I'm going okay maybe then he'll listen to a song from me for Luke Bryan one day and like it's if just you bring like him a good song wheels turning all the time Live Nation presents Concert Week now through May 14th get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows that's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25 until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ugh, people, this is great. If you want to make it happen, like you took your opportunity and then you explored every different door that you yes. can walk through from that opportunity. 100%. Instead of just going in and showing up and making your basic job, you're like, okay, here's an angle yeah. where I can like work harder, do something that, say you get a cut on yep. the back catalog. And now Tom Luter and the head of Sony publishing is like, well, shoot, I just, he benefits. Yeah. Because he They're not the- needing any other song pluckers. But they, if you're going to do it for full, free. Right. But if I'm going to get some activity... I left the tape room pretty quickly because the assistant, the creative assistant in the office, it's like I went from a little room burning CDs to the hallway where the desk was to be the assistant, you know, keeping track of all the holds and all the cuts and, you know, the tip sheet of who's looking and for holds songs. mean that an artist has heard a song or someone who represents the artist yes. has heard the song and they like it enough to put it into the big mix of songs they're considering yeah. to record for the album. And it kind of lets you know, like, okay, I pitched song. this song. They like it enough to say, hold that for me. I'm not going to pitch it to anyone else until... They give me an idea of the artist likes it. Let's take it the next step. We're going to take it into the studio. Maybe we cut it in the, you know, and record it. And then, you know, that becomes what's on the album or, you know, or we it goes off hold and I keep track of that and go, okay, we can pitch it to the next person. And so I'm just like going, okay, meanwhile, I'm sitting in the hallway and Buddy Cannon is listening for Kenny Chesney. Big producer. And, yep. And I'm going to 
take this song and I'm sitting there and the writers really got I love songwriters and the writers really got to know me so I was sitting in the hallway one day and I remember Dave Turnbull brought a song in and he's like where is everybody and I'm like I don't know I guess they're at a meeting I don't know really what's happening and he's like oh man I have I've just got a new one and it's so good and I, I'm like okay and so I listened he's like oh you know let me play it for you and I was like yes like, like yes, this I'm is the awesome first one. yeah I'm the first big one songwriters yes first this is my song. chance this is my moment and so he played it for me and I'm like dude this is so good I called Buddy Cannon's assistant um Shannon at the time and I was just like hey I have one song. Do you think Buddy would let me play it for him? And so you just took action. Yes. You didn't even wait for Tom or the head to get waiting. back and hear the song. You're like, well, I'm, I'm sitting get this there going cut. like, this is if, a hit. If I can do this, you saw if a I moment. Get, if I get holds, if I get cuts, I'm going to be a song plugger. You saw your moment. And yeah, you I'm like, this is going to happen. Stevie, you jumped. Oh, I did. You didn't even. And care. I'm like, I'm probably going to get in trouble, but you I'm said, doing pray it. Pray for forgiveness later. Yeah. And that's so, the way. Buddy, who I'm is like in love with you, very hard on songs. He is very hard. Like, and it's just like you don't bring him a lot of stuff. You know, don't overwhelm him. Bring him something. No good. way. If you've got a top five, you narrow it down to three, and then you take it to Buddy, and he listens, and he says, "No, I'm going to pass on that. Thank you. Bye." And he said, "Oh," and I took. I said one song. I just have one song. He said, "All right, come on right now." So you and went so over I in left person. and I went in person, played him the song. You probably weren't supposed to leave, were you? No, <laughs> I wasn't supposed to do nothing. I was like, to... I'm going. You're and like, Dave's going to do. Of course, Dave is just like, are you your adrenaline? Songwriters flowing? are just like anyone who is obsessed with a song. They love you right then because like, they oh want you because you are their resource to getting their songs yes. and albums. So they're like, okay, do this, yeah. go, girl. And the more people, the better. Honestly, yeah. I mean, yes. you could have four song pluggers. They could all love your song, or they could be one person be like, "This is the my favorite song of all time," it. and the other person go, mm, "That's okay." You want the person on fire. Yes, the songwriter wants the person Absolutely. on fire. So you're the one on fire. Yep. A rand buddy. He said, "Oh my god, I love this. I'm gonna play it for Kenny." He said, "Put this on hold," and I'm like. I mean, it was so just that was like, like, did you like cry in your car? The angels, bro- the clouds parted, the sun broke down on me and the angels was like, oh, you did it. And so See, you were so bold. You took so many risks. And I you're was like terrified. But it, you were carving your path. You said, I'm going to get this. Yes. Yeah, so I sent out an email and I'm like, you know, the hold email, which is How the holy grail. How did you feel to oh, do well, this? I felt good, but also scared. Like you might get in trouble. Yeah. And so, but you already got it to the head guy. I you know, got it to the you producer know, and Kenny. It's like, what more can they have done? I, I know, only you, had permission to pitch old songs, but you crossed the line. A and here's bit. a song no one's heard, and you took it and ran. yeah. And I'm like Stevie, doing you're this a rebel. Yeah. And so I was just like, how oh. old are you at this point? Probably 24. Oh my god, I'm so obsessed with you. So yeah. You said, okay, I'm just going to deal with the consequences. Yep. So you sent out to the whole staff, all the heads, the hold everyone that I'm you like, got the hold and waited. Hold the song title, the writers, hold. For Kenny Chesney per Buddy Cannon. And From it's like, me. Yeah, it's not like even like someone heard it to play for Buddy Cannon. Like you got like, it to the top dog. The, and then I'm getting like, how did you, how did you get this on hold? What song is this? And I'm just like. No one even knew the song. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, please don't buy me. But then er, they're like, hell yes. Kenny Chesney's going to hear a song. You know, Buddy, like to Buddy get loves on it. hold by Buddy, you could play a hundred songs and he might like one and I played one and he liked the one and so Kenny ended up cutting it it didn't make the record you got a cut on your first pitch yes you little stinker I know by Kenny Chesney it didn't make the record but but to get a song cut by Kenny Chesney that got me huge 
a song plug. I got, I became a song plugger. Because after that, they're like, okay, you're already in the yeah. system. The Everyone writers love you. you. The writer, yeah. Like if they're going to, if they need a new song plugger, right. of course they're going to hire you. So yep. that's why internships and being bold pay off. Yes. So you got hired right I after? I got hired right after See, that. You were such a yep. little rebel. It's like, okay, well, we, they, you know, my spot was open in the tape room and they're like, fill that. And then the next person coming out of the tape room was going to fill the creative assistant position, which is where I was. And then I got my own office and I got a raise and I got a promotion and I got a, a tiny expense account. I'm like, yes, I'm not buying my, beers my out of my money. own pocket. <laughs> but that, I mean, it was, that was what did it. And but then, you were so driven and focused and you figured out how to make the extra steps. Yeah. So many people wait for someone else to do it for them. I yes. feel like that is the fatal flaw of people. Yep. Like you can be the most talented person, but if you are waiting for someone to make it happen for you, totally you're screwed. Yeah. You've well, got because somebody else is going to do it around you. And like you had the talent and the drive and the ability to do it, but then you also had the extra hustle yeah, and the extra vision to like be creative and getting in. Yeah. And I feel like so and many I'm, people don't have that. I'm like, okay, I'd rather get in trouble and, and have them be like, don't, you know, that's stay in your lane. Don't do that again, whatever. But you kind of, if you know that you've got a good shot, you got to go. Really, and they really can't say, hey, don't ever get us Kenny Chesney holds again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, that just showed that, Buddy would allow me to come play him a song. Like whether I got the hold or not wasn't the thing. The thing was is that I had made the connection and, and I had networked enough that Buddy would let me go directly to him. Go to him. And it just like gave me street cred. Because they're like, shoot, Stevie yeah. can go straight to Buddy. Yeah. Because it's a big deal. There's like five huge. major producers. No, there's more now. But there, back then there was like only like a handful of major yes, producers. For sure. So if you have a direct line to one of those major producers already. Yep. Then yeah. you're ahead of the game. And I was already like making friends in the A&R world because I was going out to every show I could get to every, I mean, it was exhausting, but it going was so Going out is exciting. a big name of the game. And A&R yeah. people, for everyone listening, they're like the creative direct, they're like, what is it, artists in a repertoire? They listen yes. for songs they're for like the artists. label scout. Like for they songs. find the artist, yeah. they want to they sign at the label and then they find their music. You know, if mm-hmm. the artist isn't necessarily a writer or even if they are, they, they know the players in town who are writing the hits and they're going, you guys need to get with my new artist. Or they're like, play me the songs that you have that would be like a, you know, George Strait type thing or whatever. So I was just kind of going, okay, I'm going to be cool to everybody. I'm going to buy beers when I can. And then one day I'm going to get into this spot. And you did it. I did. And then... It was just so. A, now you have your own little expense account. You got your own little office. Now yeah. you're a song plugger. Now what? Now I'm just well, and then I'm newbie. You know, it's like you go you at Sony. I was at EMI. Oh yeah, EMI. Sorry. And then in the in that you know hierarchy of tape room assistant, now plugger. But it's like each place is brand new because I even though I know everybody in the building, it's like I've started another job where mm-hmm. okay now you get the writers that you know are maybe needing more attention or now you're getting the people that you know everybody's worked with but it just didn't click and so you're I was like in the land of misfit toys you know what I mean and then it was like hey I'm I'm good if I I felt like okay they're all going oh damn it I'm getting the new kid like and I'm going 
I love everything you do. Bring me all your songs. Let's go out. Let's do this. And you want to prove yourself. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, this isn't so bad. I'm getting lots of attention. (laughs) And because some of the the more, I guess, veteran song pluggers, like it's not, they're not as, and I'm not saying they're not as hungry, but like. They just have a lot more on their plate. Yes. And you're trying to like. For me, I'm like, oh, I don't have anything to do yet. So. (laughs) Let me get something to do. And it's going to be you, your career, your songs. And that's where I was really becoming close with Morgan Hayes at the time, who's now Morgan Stapleton, married yeah, to Chris. Chris Stapleton. And Chris was at Seagale, which was our parent company. And Jesse was just kind of... Is this how you met Jesse? We knew each other. Um, we... Oh, it's so crazy. I was married before, and I was working at the Melting Pot while I was going to how MTSU. How old you when you got married? 21. Oh, baby. Baby. Yes, baby. And I... Worked at the Melting Pot and interned at Warner Brothers with Jesse's girlfriend. And so Um, we all knew each other. um, And then the music business is like... Small. Small, small. Yeah. And so we just kind of knew each other. And um, after my divorce, I had... How long were you married? uh, Five years? Six years? Okay. A long time for a kid. For totally. Yeah. But I think, too, I was so ambitious. Mm -hmm. And I was like... probably if I was a little bit older when I was doing that, I'm like, okay, I need to figure out a a balance of my work. You weren't ready for balance? No. I'm like, I will do and go to any show no matter what time of day. If I have to be out all night long, get up early in the morning, which you don't really in the music business, but like I will, whatever they say. So if my home life suffers, so be it. I'll get to that later. Is that kind of what happened? Yeah. Yeah. You just couldn't prioritize yeah, he's marriage. a good guy. I'm a good girl. It was just whatever. Yeah, too young. And um, and now he's remarried and Jesse and I are together. And it, Jesse was just kind of starting to write. And so Chris was having a lot of success as a writer. You're talking about Chris Stapleton? Mm-hmm. And me and Morgan were hanging out all the time. And um, it would be like Jesse was doing remixes at home or, you know, kind of coming up with Jesse tracks. didn't start off as a producer no he was in writer. publishing he got me my first internship I know Victoria when you said Shaw. that I was like what <laughs> I didn't know that I've known Jesse for he's like one of the first people I knew in so this town crazy which I love a small world I think I it's too. so fun yeah and it all comes back full circle you're like what no way I know. that's why I'm like uh everybody needs to be nice to everybody do not burn one bridge exactly that's another key you are not longevity. too big for your britches because and you could be do- knocked down tomorrow and on top of the world in absolutely. a year absolutely and we've seen it happen and we've yes. lived it all <laughs> yep and don't think that someone coming in you know a new just graduated person is beneath you or whatever they could be in. running the head of the company yes things happen fast and things happen slow and so it's just kind of like that. you know you could be on fire one day and writing all the hits and the next day you can't get a co-write to save your life mm-hmm. or you your songs just aren't listened to the same and it doesn't matter if you're good or bad so it's just kind of like everyone says it's like if you're on your streak yes like if you get your streak you cannot be touched you are like yep. on fire but then the streak ends and then someone else gets a streak absolutely you can get another streak and come back around but like yeah it is like lightning fast yeah and if you're if you're a hit writer and you are you you know everybody gets their own crew and you like that you find the people that you write your most amazing songs with but also the people that you have the most fun with mm-hmm. which i think matters more than a good song Mm. if you're having a good time in the room something happens with that song versus oh here are three 
badass writers. It should make magic putting them together. And then they're like, you get it back and you're like, oh, that's good. I it's all about thought chemistry. something else was going to happen, but this is cool. And then you could have the people who are just like buds hanging out, you know, shooting the shit in the room and being like, yes, this is the song that is supposed to happen today. Because they get to truth place faster. Yes. Because probably they're all really, they enjoy life and they're just yeah. writing real. But real it's stuff. important that they always leave room for the new guy or girl to come in and go, okay, yes, I have my crew, but I'll try anything once. Or if it's my job to go, hey, I know you don't know this person and you might be at a different level than they are, but I think this is going to be a good match. Yeah. And they just have to go. And that's where they trust okay, you. Okay, let's see. And yeah, I mean. You're going to try it once. Yeah. I mean, it might not work, but it's worth a try. Absolutely. And you have to find your days to do that. I mean, I can't throw in brand new ideas every day because we still got to get commercial songs and we've still got to get hits happening. And if I know this person with Jesse makes this kind of magic, we're keeping that for sure. Mm -hmm. But there's always room to try something new and let this new person in that, you know, maybe I've heard that they don't know anything about and you're going, yeah. This so is. that's where you have to stay up to who's the new writers, what's happening, yes. like what's going on outside of totally. your little world that you built. Yeah. And so Jesse was making tracks at home, just, you know, basically like karaoke music from scratch on the computer. And it was like, okay, you and Chris should like hang out and do this because I think it would be so cool. Chris obviously has this amazing voice. But it took a, him forever to hit Oh, he, on the big you level. Know, and it's so crazy. He had a few record deals before mm -hmm. he had the Chris Stapleton thing. And so it was just like, why don't y'all just hang out? And it was so funny because Chris is just this country songwriter. Jesse loves like EDM and pop and... Motown coming from Detroit and so it was just like y'all get together and Jesse had this whole idea of what he thought he was going to do with Chris Stapleton and Chris was like are we gonna make like rap songs what's <laughs> happening and so the first song they ever did was hysterical it had like crazy little dinosaur sounds in the background they just had fun oh yeah and and the, and they were both kind of going um is this what we're supposed to do <laughs> is this right and they get this song and I'm like what is this and he's like I don't know. I think he's like, I think I, I would Dinosaurs. like to convince him to like write with me one more time. He said, I would really love to make like an Adele record, an Adele Chris Stapleton song. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be so good. And so they wrote Crash and Burn. And second try. Yeah. And it was just a like. Huge hit for Thomas, right? Oh my gosh. It was, it changed everything. They wrote another song called Lonely Girl, which um, Charles Kelly ended up cutting on his solo record. I remember that. That song was so incredible. Justin Timberlake ended up hearing that song somehow and was like, wow, this is so cool. We all, all thought, oh my God, maybe we'll get a Justin So that's Timberlake. how Justin Timberlake heard about Chris Stapleton's yeah, voice. Yeah, they, they started like uh, getting to know each other from that kind of thing. And then just those things like, random little songs nighttime hangs in the studio and you know Chris and Jesse I mean it just kind of they just clicked after that they yeah it, it really did and it took Jesse from um I'm making some little pop tracks and you know my songwriters I'm a publisher so I can't 
say oh, he this. He was doing this while he was a publisher. Yeah, and so it was like he couldn't just go in and be <laughs> like, supposed to be getting "Hey guys, I'm a songwriter," and they're like, "No, you work for songwriters." You're supposed to be getting us the cuts. Yeah, but what was so cool about his writers was that they kind of had this thing. They were all their own little like Carrie Barlow, who who now writes for us. Um, had Love come from the world. rock world and had also gotten Christian cuts and hits with Toby Mac. And so Carrie would be like, man, some of these tracks I feel like Toby would like. And so while they would hang out and Jesse was kind of doing demos for the guys at the office, it was that thing where track guys were just getting started in Nashville. Mm-hmm. It was kind of weird because a songwriters would get together, write a song, record it on a tape or on their voice memo or whatever, take it to the pub- publishers. They would say, yeah, let's go make a demo session, hire song, you know, guitar players, drummers, whatever, cut these songs in a studio to pitch. These are the demos. And Jesse was the first person going, I think I could take your song that you have the voice memo and just kind of put a loop to it. And you know, program some beats behind it and you could play guitar and it was... He was on the cutting edge of tracks. He really was. I mean, and it was a game changer because it costs money to go in the studio and do that. And to do a full demo with like players, session players. Yeah, you you're talking every about... Every instrument, you got to pay them by the hour. Five to $800 a song. And now you can just do it with one person on their yes. computer. And Jesse was just kind of doing it as a favor and going, oh... I can also you're you're writing all these songs and then you pick out of 10 songs what five you want to go in the studio and make demos of well now you could just make a demo out of all of them you don't have to pick you can have all of them and you don't have to wait and you don't have to go well we don't have the money to cut all 10 of these in the studio but we could do five so what five do I think are the best what five do you think are the best and maybe that lines up and maybe a song gets left behind that could have been just a, a great work song yeah mm-hmm. Wow. So it kind of went into like Jesse ended up cutting the um, or like creating a loop and all that for American Honey that oh, Carrie wow. wrote with Shane Stevens and Hillary Lindsay that but, later became Lady Annabellum's number one. So wow. it was just kind of like, okay, I see the value in this. And while he's doing that, they're like, well, what else do you have? The writers were doing that. And Carrie's going, what do you have just like tracks? What's going on? And be like, oh, I'm going to take this to Toby Mac and then they end up writing a day after work and Jesse gets a Christian cut on Toby Mac and then it becomes a number one. And then he's got these pop tracks and Shane Stevens going, hey, can I have that? And I'll top line to it and I'll write the lyrics and come back and you can record me and they're getting like cuts in Germany. And so... So it all started happening fast for It Jesse? did. It was really weird. It went from, you know, please let me program to your work tape and make a demo for you to save us some money in the publishing side of things, they're getting cut to, wow, to, this is actually a, an asset. Yeah. Like, this is like a game changer. Yeah. And he got like a cut on Hot Shell Ray. And then it was just kind of like, he also DJed. And at the time. And he DJs for Thomas Rhett now on yeah, tour. Yeah. And what's crazy is that Carol Ann Mobley, who I used to pitch songs to at RCA. She's A&R there. And then she went to Warner Brothers. And when she was leaving Sony to go Sony RCA to go to Warner Brothers she said hey doesn't Jesse DJ and I was like yeah he DJs you know parties whatever she said I would love to have him DJ a party for me that I'm like going to Warner Brothers and it's my new thing so he did that she loved him and said hey I have a friend who's looking for a a DJ for their party planner that's coming to town and it was Colin Cowie 
who is a huge lifestyle party planner for like Oprah and all, like he oh, had God. a he had a little um like I remember seeing him in in Style magazine in the back it would be he like became a DJ for these big parties yes and so so what parties uh he DJed Kim Zosiak Beerman's wedding he DJed Cash Money Records which is like she's don't be tardy to the party right yes and he DJed um, Alyssa Milano's wedding oh, wow and then yeah he was just getting because Jesse's a perfect mix of right left brain he has the business mind to go oh, I'm going to show up on time and I'm going to do this job and whatever. But then he's so creative that he's a great whatever he wants to do. So I mean, he's just a little gold mine. Yeah, so at the time, he's like DJing on the side. And Seth England, who was at the time Florida Georgia Line's manager, said, hey, we really want to bring a DJ out on the road to DJ in between the sets of the opener and then FGL and whatever. Um, would you do it for us? And he was just like, I mean, he's a publisher. He's working a full-time job. But it's like, I will do this if you help me get a right with the guys. Like, if I'm out on the road and I bring... You guys both are so good at, like, working it. Like being, You've got to. Yes. Like, it's just not going to happen. Don't just take what they give you. Yes. So yes, and... Yep. And so he's like, if you can make this happen for me, I'll DJ. I'll, you know, it's like, if I could get one right. Yeah. Just one. Yeah. And he's like, I'll see what I can do. Let's try it out. So he goes out on the road. He's on a bus and he takes uh, Carrie Barlow and then Sarah Buxton. And another great songwriter. Uh, amazing. The best. And um, they're like, the bus had broken down. I mean, it was a hot mess. And he fell off the stage, like trying to help move his DJ equipment. I mean, it was a. Jesse, this is his first time? Oh, yeah. First Comedy night? of air. No, luckily, it wasn't his first night. I think he probably would have died. But. <laughs> He was already into the, like, had hung out with the guys. Everybody loved him. And and then, you Good know. Good vibes. Just, but the day that they were going to, like, bringing the songwriters out was going to be the time to write. Uh-huh. And so he's just like, when you go out on the bus with people, artists are very busy. They've mm-hmm. got radio things to do. They've got meet and greets to happen. And so they don't always have time to write. Mm-hmm. But you're just going and hoping that, you see them at catering at breakfast and you're like, hey guys, uh, I've got the rig set up in the, you know, the little mobile studio of, uh, on the bus. If you, if you want, like, no you pressure. Cool. I know. Yeah. Cause you, you have meet, to be cool, but you're on inside. The inside. You're like, please write, please Burning write, please write, please write. Up. Please write. Like, oh my God. Do artists my know chance. that everyone's chance. dying about on the inside? I think, you know, at first they don't and they're just like, oh cool. We're cool. Yeah. Well, if we want to write, we'll get to I it. I know your whole life is hinging I on this today. now <laughs> they feel, cause they are doing a lot more bus writing. They feel the pressure of wow we brought these people out we need to write and now they take writers out just specifically to write right right, right. jesse was the, the dj back in the day and yeah. he was not yeah. a known writer right and so um fgl had pretty much finished the record but they get to the venue wherever it was and he set up the rig and he had somehow heard that that tyler and, and brian were like wanting a reggae vibe or something and carrie had done a song for Toby called Made to Love. It's very re- reggae influenced. And so he's like, well, let's just me, you and Sarah, like come up with some vibes and whatever and like bump it out of the bus speakers. And, you know, and the guys ended up coming up onto the bus. So they just turned it up loud so they could hear. Yeah. It. And they're, they're like, I love that. I think like it was just a pressure. Like, oh, yeah. God, we got these writers and I don't right. want to do this, but I feel bad. And thank God they came on and wrote Sundays. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. And then wrote the song called Good Good. And um, the record was mostly finished, and they were they cut them last minute. And Sundays was a, hit, Sundays a single was and a hit. First number one, 
Yeah. Wow. But okay, I just got to reiterate, you and Jesse both do this. Like you just don't take no for an answer. Like yeah. you're just like, okay, I have this opportunity. You have How to. can I exploit every angle of this opportunity totally. so it happens for me? Yeah. And not be annoying. It's not being annoying. And yeah, it's that's not, the balance. You have to walk that line. Yes. <clears throat> because inside you're going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And then on the outside you're like, hey guys, what's up? I'm cool. Everything's breezy. Woo woo. And then you're just like, <laughs> please. You know, or every day I'm pitching songs and if someone says to me, "Mm, that's a pass, well, that's one person's opinion. So it's like, okay, that was the A&R person, but the the artist hasn't heard it. That was the label, but the producer hasn't heard it. I'm not going to give up just one person's opinion. Yes, because American Honey was passed on a couple times and... You know, it just happened to get to Paul Worley, who was producing Lady A at the time. They got to the band and they're like, we love this. I mean, that's just... You cannot give up. No. You cannot give up. I Wasn't Strawberry Wine passed on by like every major female yes. in country music? Like 10 times it was passed. And you're just sitting... I mean, and it's all everyone's opinion. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, like a song that makes me feel something, bawling, crying. You could just be like... That's, I mean, it's good, but I don't feel that. It could spark something in me that makes me feel nostalgic or reminds me of a childhood memory or whatever. And the next thing you know, it's my favorite song of all time. And that's different for every person listening. It might not spark that in someone else listening. So just because someone said, "Mm, I I like it, but I just don't hear it for them. Well, maybe they would hear it for them, you know? So you just have to go, okay, how else? I'm going to get this to the artist. Yes. So every day I'm going, okay. I genuinely have relationships with people, but you know, I'm all, this is also a business. Like we are lucky that I have a lot of artists who are friends and I can play them songs directly. I don't use those relationships because I also keep our friendship valuable and, and personal. Mm-hmm. But if there's a time that some of their people have said, no, no, no. And I'm like, no, you have to hear this. Like this, this is a game changer, mm-hmm. you know, and and if you don't you wait feel that way, that's okay. Moments. Yeah, but I'm not going to bug you every day. You wait for a big moment. If you yeah. haven't been able to get it up the ladder where you want it to go and feel satisfied, if you have something that you know is diamond, yes, you're gonna. That's when you play that card. Yes. And so you know, I take those chances when I really feel passionate about a song or a writer that I think someone needs to to give a shot to a co-write or something like that. You know, and. It's just like this delicate line of, I'm cool, I'm cool, we're fine, you don't have to worry about me bugging the crap out of you. And then also, when I do, they take it serious. Mm -hmm. You know, they go, okay, well, Stevie's not bothering us all the time going, hey guys, would you please listen to this song? Mm -hmm. Every song that they're... They trust your opinion. Yes. And so, you know, it's luckily worked out. But it is all walking a delicate line, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. Do you ever feel like you've crossed the line and, like, have, like, not on purpose, but you're like, oh, shoot, I went a step too far. Damn, 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 Absolutely. I've done that before, too. Well, and and for me, like, Jesse is also a high-anxiety person. And so Mm -hmm. when we're sitting in creative meetings and it's me and him and our our creative manager all going, we've got to get songs to Keith Urban or whatever. Well, Keith lets me email him songs. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't email him like in just any artist, they're getting bombarded by a million different Stevies a day going, mm-hmm. hey, Keith, I really love this song for you, blah, 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 you know. And so I had sent songs and he was being very responsive. And then Jesse's like, you should send this to Keith. And I'm like, mm, just send him something like, you know, and he's mm. like, no, it's this is this is a good song for him. I'm like, ah. 
And I did. And you went against your gut feeling. Yes. And I didn't get a response. And I'm like, man, I knew it. It was one too many. And yes. I'm like, Jesse, just leave me alone. Like, let me pitch on my own. And he's just like, what? I think it's, and I'm like, yes, that should have been a different. And it was my own thing. Like, I should have gone to somebody else for that first. You tr- and I, waited. And you went against your gut feeling. I hate it when I go against my yeah. gut feeling that, oh, yeah. And you're like, no, we were doing, yes. I was on such a good, chill, cool vibe. Yes. Oh, it was going well. And now I've crossed the line. Yeah. And now I'm, now I'm wearing it out, you know? <clears throat> so I'm just like, okay, get back to the balance. What do you do things. when you feel like, how long does it take you to recover from that feeling? Well, for, for me, like forever, I feel like it <laughs> carries around in the back of my mind. Like, girl, remember that time? When you you wore it yep, out, exactly. you wore, remember that time when you wore it out yes. together, but in not a good way. <laughs> yes, me and Carrie are always like we have that like oh Carrie today Barlow. I was wearing it out. Yeah, he's like girl oh I was wearing it out. You know? Is that what y'all say? Yes, man, I'm gonna take that because I feel like when you're because we're kind of like in a service industry in a way where it's like yes, you have these great friendships. But yet you're trying to serve these friendships yeah. a great product. You're not trying to give them something bad. Right. You're trying to give them a great product. But you ha- you're you also friends with them and you have yes. a great product to give them. But you don't want to be the friend that's always just pitching stuff. And you yep. want to keep your relationship where they value it. And Absolutely. they think that you're like really on it. Yes. It's Oh, and then if you like push it too far, you're like, oh, God. I know. You're like, dang it, I, I did took it. myself down a notch. Yeah. Well, and as. But you did it. I didn't, but, but in, in our my head, mind, because you went against your gut. Feeling. I was so over the top, even though it's like, okay, one song. Maybe he didn't even open it because he had seven hundred emails. Create a fake story. Oh for yeah. Him. Oh, I, I always create a fake I am, story. Girl, me too. I am real good at that. I am I mean, real I good do at it, making fake stories. I do it in every aspect of life. Like I would do it about a person I see walking by. I'm like, oh, I've figured out their whole story, <laughs> everything that they are doing, like what they are saying to themselves right now. I do it with everything. But we have no idea what their backstory no. is, what their home life is, or their upbringing is, what no. happened to them that day, what's going on in their marriage, their kids, right. their parents, their yes. job. But yet we look at them for two seconds and it's like, oh, got it. Nailed oh, yeah. it. I got you dialed oh, in. Oh, I've made up their name. Like, I know <laughs> what ha- what person, I know that girl's name. I know how she spells it. It's not traditional spell. I mean, I just go it's through the whole thing. traditional spelling. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, that is like Tiffany with an I. That is, you know, I'm just like going through this whole thing. Like, the whole story about what they are doing. And what, what they what probably would think about you if they met yes. you. How your relationship would probably play out. And I do it because that happens to me, too. Like, I will have a person being aware it out to me. Like, you know, oh, I'd love to get a co-write with so-and-so. I'd love to do this. And you're just like, ease on up. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I have to be careful because we're all just trying to do it. And I do this too. Yes. I know. Well, at least you're aware of the full picture. Yes. But that was me when I met Beyonce. I was for sure aware in it. Out. Oh, and let's talk about this. I had just had a double mastectomy. Oh, okay. It was Christmas. Is, is, is everything good now? Everything's good. I mean, the girls need a little cosmetic help. But, but as far as like healthy and cancer, good, I caught it so early because I was so on top of MRIs and I wouldn't have found it doing a regular breast check because it was not a lump. It mm. was like a tree branch. And so I had it um, in my milk ducts and I, I had mammograms and they didn't find it and an MRI found it. So I got on top of it at a stage zero. I didn't have to have chemo. I got to keep my hair. I didn't have to have any radiation. And they were like, you know, there's, it's just right here in this one spot. You could take this out, have some radiation, go on about your day. And I'm like, well, 
aunts had it multiple times. My mom, my sister. It's these. coming for me. So let's, let's just get them out of it. Let's just take them I out. Do too. So I did that. And I had quite a few complications. And I ended up having a total of like seven surgeries. Wow. And yeah, just not like having me. to do the cancer. Not the, no, the cancer they got immediately. Um, but then my tissue died. And so I had to have that redone. And then I got they put these things inside of you called expander bags. Once they take out, it's not like a boob job. If you have a boob job, you get a, an implant put on top of your breast tissue. So you already have like a shape. But when you have a, a mastectomy, they scrape everything out. So you just got these little caves. Mm. And so they have to reconstruct everything. But they put these bags in called tissue expanders. I mean, modern mer- medicine is amazing. It's incredible. They put these bags in that have little magnets. They find the magnet outside of your body with another magnet, poke a needle through into the bag and slowly fill it up with saline over time to expand your skin. And so that you don't just like take out all this tissue and then put a a breast implant in that could like really, you know, stretch Stretch. everything. Oh, it's gentle. Okay. Wow. But for me, my body just rejects all, I mean, it rejects everything like stitches, come out it's crazy so I got an infection in one of the tissue expanders and had to go to the hospital and stay and it was crazy but what was so weird is that my mindset for all of that time was like it's gonna be fine Jesse who's normally like everything's good we're gonna be fine was the one going what's happening what's wrong I'm like hey it's it's all good and then that last reconstruction like once that happened, I think because I felt, okay, we're at the end. Like we did it. And I wake up and I was just like, this is horrible. So <laughs> and you like, were at the end when you got the infection. Well, no, the infection happened. And then I had multiple surgeries and all that. And I think because I'd gone through all of that, I thought once the reconstruction happens, I'm going to wake up and be like, we did it. This is over. And I woke up and I was just like, this is not over. Like, so I this can't be over because it's been a part of my life for a year and a half. And You've gotten used to it. Yeah, and I, I'm not. I'm, I don't feel like myself anymore. You know, what do you you're feel like, like I don't know. You just don't. I, I. What's so weird is that before I would never be like, oh, my boobs make me feel like a woman or anything like that. But you see your body with no nipples, and you just see them looking like. One's up here and one's down there and they're kind of weird and one's concave on this side. And I had a lot of like, they had to take a lot of fat to put in around it because I just had a lot of compromise from all those surgeries and infections. So I just kind of woke up thinking, I'm going to have new boobs. Like I'm going to have boobs again yeah. and I'm going to just go back It'll to. Be great. Yeah. And okay. I don't have nipples. That's fine because now I can wear a white t-shirt with no bra. Screw that. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like had all of these things like I'm ready. I'm ready to like start. And you we know, had tried a plans. round of IVF in between surgeries that failed. So I was just like, I think all of that compounded at the end when you're supposed to see the light at the end of the tunnel. It was just darkness for me. And I was like, no, this is not over. And he was like what <laughs> he's like no 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 no. like you've been so positive everything is good and it's happening but we've worked through all that I'm so, healthy so what do you mean like it wasn't over like you weren't ready to let it be over or and I'm just not happy with the outcome oh okay. so I will eventually like go reconstruct again again so you're yeah. like you thought it was just gonna be done and you're yeah. like it's done but this isn't yeah how I'm I like okay it. well if I've got to have 
may you know man-made boobs they're going to be perky and they're going to be good and and they're just like so not symmetrical and funky and i'm like and maybe that's just the way it is but i'm like i'm gonna try one more time yeah and he's just like are you serious and jesse's like just be done with it already like i'm ready for you to be well and we are trying you know we're gonna try ivf again next month (sighs) okay and so it's just kind of like he's like oh dear god can we just do one thing at a time well if the ivf works then you can just do the boobs later exactly and that's what i've told my doctor i'm like you know i'm not done but i'm on pause i love that yeah you're probably ready for a little pause yes you need a little pause and like removing your your hormones like that the the breast tissue is like sent my hormones all crazy then pumping yourself full of shots you know to try and retrieve eggs i felt i was like oh no i'm fine I, i think i'm good i don't know if it affects me at all and jesse's like um sure <laughs> you're totally normal everything's so, great yeah he's like everything's fine he's like you don't feel a little hormone i'm like you how dare what you, are you about? he's like okay okay yeah everything's yeah, you're normal. great you're so even keel i'm like that's right that's you know don't ever mention that again and then i'm like i'm sorry i love you so much i don't know what's wrong with me God, like, Stevie, oh God. you're amazing. I mean, hormones crazy. are a real thing, and you're just like so real in a monsoon of them. Yes, you don't even know it because it's just your reality, right? So after my mastectomy, I hadn't drank in months. Oh yeah, so Beyonce, and I'd had the surgery in October. Christmas comes, we uh, get invited every year to the Rock Nation Christmas party, and Beyonce had not come to the Christmas party. I think she was having the twins, or you know something. For the years before. So I was like, I wonder if Beyonce is going to be there. And he's like, I don't know. So we go there and Jay Brown, who is uh, one of the heads of Rock Nation, who is like my bud. We go and we're always like tequila buddies. And I had had zero booze in months. And so I had drinks at dinner and then we go to the party. I'm drinking. Jay-Z is there and... I walk over. I'm like, hey, Merry Christmas. Thanks so much. Beyonce is right there. I'm like, hi, I'm Stevie. And I'm just like going in. And Jay Brown is like, Stevie just went Wait, through Who's this. Jay Brown again? He, so the heads of Rock Nation are Ty Ty, Jay Brown, and Jay-Z. Okay. They're like all best friends. They started Rock Nation together. And it's and a Jay, publishing company. Yeah, it's a publishing company. It's a management company. They manage like Haim and... I mean, it's Rihanna, Shakira, and oh. then they also have a record label. They do sports management. So oh, wow. So it's everything. Basketball players. Yeah, they have a little bit of everything. So Rock Nation's huge. It's huge. New York, LA. So it's um, management, record label, publishing. Yes. It's all of it. Yeah, it's everything. And y'all are a part of that. Yep. And, the country uh, part of the publishing. Yes. And so Jay Brown is like, oh, Stevie just went through this. And, and Beyonce was like so nice and like oh I'm so and she's so soft-spoken and she's like oh well I'm so glad you're good and I'm like yes thank you so much and then I just proceeded to get (laughs) hammered throughout the night and I'm kind of anyway like I'm an like an extrovert introvert like I I can totally relate to you so much I can be on 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 and like when I have to go somewhere I'm like let's get it done I'm gonna talk to everybody and then I need to go home and be alone for two days it like takes all your see yes you're on my spirit animal on yes. some level so, I am so relating to you on that that night I was like oh it is you were on, on. you uh-huh. were ready oh yeah and Vanna who is our creative manager she had just we had just hired her from interning for us and Beyonce is like 
her queen. Mm. So, and as a graduation present to Vanna, we took her to LA to go to the Christmas party. And so, so was Vanna drunk too? No, she had her shit together. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> Jesse, who is always still like nervous to talk to Jay Z. Yeah, I was over there and he's hanging You're back, just chatting it up. Yeah, and I'm like, blah blah blah. And You're then JD I go get buzz. another drink, and then I see Beyonce just standing by herself because everyone's scared. They're like, I don't want to bother her, which I should have taken note of. <laughs> but instead, I'm like, homegirl by herself. I'm going. She needs a friend. Yes, and I'm like, girl, I just remember. Oh my God. They were standing by, She. they were standing close to the bathroom, okay. her and Jay both. And so I was just like, well, I have to go to the bathroom and Might they're well just standing there. So I'm like, come on, Vanna, let's go. And I knew Vanna was just like, all I want to do is meet Beyonce and, breathe and her air. Yes, be near her essence and life is complete. Yeah. Smell and I her. knew that Jesse was not going to do it because oh, he's, he's frozen inside. <laughs> He's like back, hanging back, like, I'm cool, I'm cool, everything's cool. And I'm like, let's go. So I go over, I have the, like I said, this is Vanna. She was crucial interning for us while I was sick. And you're like thinking that Beyonce cares. Which, (laughs) you know what? And they were so cool. She does care. And they were so cool. And they were like, Vanna, welcome to the team. They were talking to her. And it was perfect. It was like in and out. I did the thing. You nailed it. And then I went back again. For a third time. And I'm like, girl, I got to tell you a story. And then. So then you hold her captive to a story? Yes. And I don't remember what I said after that. And <laughs> Jesse was with Jay Brown hanging back like, should I go get her? Should I? And Jay, Jay's just like, nah, let her go. Like, this is, this is her moment. Let her go. Girl, I got to tell you a story. Don't know what I said. You're like, I'm like, in, my, in real life, it's like, okay, every second with Beyonce is like a million dollars. I mean, you're like, I don't even care. I'm yeah. just going to like. And it could have been 30 seconds. It could have been an hour. I have no idea. Do you know how, like around about how long I you mean, I know it was minutes because. Did she receive Jessie your story? Went, oh, she's laughing. And I'm like, we're best friends. I have this whole thing in my mind like, oh, I am on tonight. I'm so funny. I am so with it. I just like. I just made a new BFF. And her name is Beyonce. Yes. Later, because here's the thing. Jay Brown and I are always like trying to one-up each other with tequila. Oh. And so we just tequila all night long. And you had not been drinking. Long. So this, so you won. You won. Oh. Oh. I lost. <laughs> Vanna, I remember the, the last thing. There was a dance-off. Luckily, I was not involved in that, but I was near it, but I don't remember was it. Was Beyonce involved? Yeah. Oh, she's dancing. And people Beyonce's, are dancing in a circle. They're participating in the party. Like, yes. they're, like, having fun. Yes. With and the people. It was a blast, and then I remember, which, this is just tells you my mindset of the evening. Vanna, who is very shy and just composed, we were doing shots with Jay, and I remember some... Z? Jay-Z? Jay Brown. Oh, Jay. Okay. And I remember um... A girl that I didn't know was there hanging out. And they were like, oh, she didn't get a shot. And Vanna was like, oh, she can have mine. I'll get another one. And I was like, don't you dare let anyone take your shot. I'm like, this is your shot. It was like in my mind. I all like culminated to like mean something. The shot did. Yes. Like, oh. you deserve to be here. This is your shot. You, she can get you, you her know, own. There is a bigger picture there. You're yes. like, listen, you are and a part I was of this company. In that, in that, I was living that. You were, fi- you like, were such a fierce. This is my shot. <laughs> this is your shot. No one takes it from us. And I was yes, just like. preach, girl. And then I proceeded to leave and puke all night long. But worth it. Yeah. And Jesse, the next day, 
drew stick figures of me talking to Beyonce. <laughs> and he was just like, I am hey girl, dying hey. Right now inside. Like, I am dying inside. And I, all I could think of was like, oh my God, I was wearing it out. You were wearing it out, but you know what? She probably remembers you. I was Beyonce's wearing it out. And I said, well, maybe, maybe I, maybe I gave her a story. You know, when you always have that like, girl, did you see that girl at the party? Like, wearing oh my it God. Out. She was wearing it out. But then I'm like, I don't want to be a wearing it out. Hey, but at least you're a story to Beyonce. <sighs> Not any, very few people. I was people. like, I, ha- I have to find out how to talk to her again and be like, I'm so sorry. And Jesse's like, what are you going to say to her? I'm sorry, I was sorry wearing it out. I was wearing it out. And I'm like, oh yeah. He's like, just, just let it go. I, I love year, you for it all. At the Christmas party. Now, here's the thing. Was she back? She was back. And Do Jessie, you see her a lot now. Y'all just hang I've out. I've seen her three times. Okay. But you're just hanging with Beyonce yeah, on the reg. I'm like, oh, there's my best friend. So this year, you're, okay, you're, you're aware that you don't want to wear it out. Yes. So and what happens? I kept it together. Me and Jay Brown had done a little bit of tequila, but I wasn't even like there. Right. And so Jesse had the number one song. He had Remember You, uh, Remember you Young for Thomas Rhett. Okay. And um, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas was number one for the first time in 25 years. Okay. So it was the Christmas party. Mariah is Rock Nation. Jesse's Rock Nation. So Jay-Z and Beyonce come into the party and it's always like everybody's hanging out. We're having a good time. And then all of a sudden they're there. The queen, the king and queen have entered the building. Everybody sees them come in everyone just like down, hold their breath. And they're like... <gasps> They showed up and here they are and everybody's like, "What do we do? What do Trying we do?" Trying to be cool, but cool, but you can't be cool and Jay Z yeah. and Beyonce in the room. So you just can't. Jesse and we had just signed um, Elisa Vanderheim to Rhythm House, our publishing company, and she's a female writer producer, which we don't have a lot of in Nashville. Somebody actually sit down and make beats and make the tracks and like do this thing. And so I'm like, Elisa's here. I want her to meet them, and. I got to be cool because last year I was real not cool. So I just go over and Jesse's He's like, paralyzed. Oh, shoot. He's like, oh, here, here she, she goes. goes. <laughs> yeah. And so I go over. You're like, you, you watch me. I know. And I'm like, I'm going to be like good this time. Okay. And so he, he's like, oh God, here she goes. So I go over. I'm like, hey, Merry Christmas. Thanks for the party. Um, you know, congratulations on Mariah. I'm like, you actually have two number ones at the end of the year going into we our charts freeze because once Christmas st- songs take over, you know all the other songs that we have moving up the country charts just kind of stop where they are and they pick back up at the beginning of the year. But if you get the number one at the end of the year, it holds, you know. Oh, so we're like getting a number one at the chart freeze. It's a big deal. I'm like, you got two number ones. I'm like, Jesse's got number one with "Remember You Young." He's like, Oh, really? And I'm like, Yeah. And um. And I said, and also we just signed a female writer producer, the only one in Nashville to have a song on the charts last year. So big year for Rhythm House and whatever. And he's like, where's Jesse? And I was like, he's over here. I was like, I'd really love for you to meet Elisa. He's like, yeah, bring him over. So I leave the table and he's like, what did you say? (laughs) And I'm like, well, he asked where you were and he's ready to like, go now, go now, right now. Take Elisa. This is your moment. Yeah. And he's like, okay, so. They go over and he's like, congratulations. And, and he says to Elisa, so you're a female writer producer. I like that. I like that. And she's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, JC. And so they come back. We say goodnight. We like have another moment of like walking by and they're dancing. And he like hugs Jesse and they're just like in such so a good set Christmas that up mood. Perfect, too. And Beyonce is like, Merry Christmas in her sweet Beyonce voice. And I'm like, OK, I don't think that this is going to get any better. We can go now. Like you redeemed it yeah. times a million. And Elisa's like, Beyonce just wished us Merry Christmas. And so this 
when February rolled around and they were going for the grant or January, they were going for the Grammys. I threw my back out and I was at home and I missed flying out. And Jesse's like, Oh, I really want you to be here. And they went and there's new rock nation office in LA. They were looking at the office and Jay Z happened to be in that day, which he's not usually. And he's like, where's your girl? And I'm like, Oh, I did it. Oh, 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 oh. (laughs) And they went to the rock nation brunch, which is this big to do every, every year. And as they were leaving, he's like, tell your girl, I said, what's up? And I was like, oh, my God. CV's work is done here. <laughs> it's like, you're like, I'm like, I don't know that I could do anything else in the music business. I'm done. I'm retiring. Truly, might yes. as well. Well, you know Go what? Go out on top. You've, you built the foundation. I mean, you just did it. You pulled it all together. It yeah. was all worth, it was good that you freaked out the first time. And went, yeah, maybe it, I'm burned in their mind. You, no, you etched in their mind and then you came back the next year with and some redeemed. serious like clout. Yeah, I'm like, hey, Yes, I'm awesome and fun and I can be your best friend, Beyonce, if you're available for best friends. (laughs) But also I can get this shit done and let me show you what's going on in Nashville. And it was like, hey, you know, you trusted us and it's turning out okay. How good did you feel to deliver that news? It's like we have had songs on the chart since day one. And I'm like, you made a good investment. Bust my tail and make sure that plus I care about our writers I mean we have some of them in their first deal like getting Mm -hmm. their first single and I want to I want to go up we have number one parties when they you know reach the top of the charts and we always say something about them I want to go Carrie Barlow is like my little brother Mm -hmm. and he's had three number ones and but he hasn't had a rhythm house number one yet so I want to go up there and be like I've known Carrie for a decade and he means the world to me and I'm so proud of him and I want to say Brandon Day he's never had a single before and now he's got a number one and I want to say you know I want to tell him you can pay off your student loans like you and your wife are not broke if you blow out a tire it's going to be okay because we've all been there and I want to see that happen for them I want to be like so I have to I feel a responsibility to I have to get cuts because it's the way we make money and it's the way we show our partners that they invested in the right people and we keep our doors open. I have to do that for them, but I also want them to see like we can grow this company. We can grow wealth. We can, you know, be successful. Your songs are in good hands. Like, you know, it's very personal to go and and sit with someone and tell them, what's going on with you that day and and create have to do. music out of it use their and, whole vulnerability life story to get a song yeah and i want them to trust that they did it for the right person and that i'm not just gonna like be like oh good job and you know nothing's gonna happen you care yeah I, and i feel responsible like i want i want elisa to you know have her first number one i want her to go oh like i could pay my credit card off mm-hmm. you know i could do this or or I'm gonna one day be BMI Writer of the Year. I I feel like that can happen. And it can and you've seen it. Happen. Yeah, and you've orchestrated some of it happening. Yeah, so you and know it's, just, it's real. But it's a lot of pressure. And when you do it for yourself, it's like it's not just oh I could get fired. It's oh we could lose the business. It all hinges on it could you. Go away. It hinges you know? on everyone. But like you There's have a, everybody's got you're a the piece. glue. Yeah, you're the glue that's like, and you're the one who's like the face of the company, like taking these songwriter yes. songs and getting them to the artist somehow. Yes, that's a huge responsibility. It's a lot of pressure. But see, you have that personality that finds the open doors everywhere, and that's what makes you a great song plugger because you will not just take the first no. I interviewed Laura Hutfliss, who runs Flight View. Love her. She's out this when yours will be the next week. Her, she's out this Monday, but 
She was saying no is just a suggestion. Yeah. And that's how you take it. You're like, yes. you can tell me no, but that's just your opinion because I don't believe it's a no. Right. And so since I don't believe it's a no, says Stevie, it's not a no. Yeah. When you believe it's no, then you can hang it up. Yep. But until you believe it's no, you're not going to just take that answer. Totally. And here's the thing. Even if I think, like, if Jesse gives me a song that he's going, mm, uh, you know, I love this and I'm going, uh, that's not my favorite. That doesn't mean that I don't do anything with it because I don't love every song that every artist puts out always. Or I, I might not be a big fan of one type of country music or one type of whatever, but I can still hear when it makes sense. I understand like I'm a fan of country music. I have lived all the things that they talk about in songs Mm -hmm. and I understand how somebody else could be like feel that. So even if a song isn't my favorite, it doesn't mean that it doesn't have a place. So I still have to move past that and go, okay, I hear this. And I see, see where it goes. Picture. Yeah. Not just what you personally love. Totally. You see it all. Yeah. But in the meantime, that's when I'm laying in bed going, okay, Carrie has a single right now, but you know, it didn't get a lot of push this week and I've got to figure out what's going on with that. Or he's got to get the next song in the pipeline. And you know, Brandon just wrote these songs. Who can that go to? And so I'm trying to shut my mind off. Oh, God. Because like, what if you get your brilliant idea yeah. when you're just laying in bed spinning wheels? Like, what if you get your brilliant creative yes. way to get the song cut or pushed? And I'm a night owl anyway. I mean. But so you're kind of like, you have a reason to not turn your brain off because you've probably come up with, come up with some good ideas. Sometimes I'm laying there or I wake up in the morning and I've got a song stuck in my head. Like this morning, I was just like, Jesse, did you write a song? And I'm like going, huh? Hey, look, trying to hum it and he's like yeah that was Easton Corbin's song I'm like oh, okay so it got cut we're good okay okay okay, okay. I'm like, <laughs> I like I can rest on that one okay. you know but you wake up and you're like oh man like Carrie wrote this song with Charles Kelly and it is incredible and so it didn't make the Lady A record but there's a place for this song mm-hmm. and like so you have to go hey this is delicate if you don't want it can we you know take this and pitch this around because this is gotta be heard you know, is your best luck getting songs cut when you go directly to the artist or producer or or what is your best luck? And I then mean, we got to wrap up. This is an hour and a half. I could talk to you forever. Your stories are so <laughs> interesting, Stevie. <laughs> it's crazy. You have, you know, in your mind, like there are some people at record labels that I vibe with more than others. It's really vibes. Yes. And there is like there's people that the whole reason you hire people and that you vet them and hang out with them is because it's way more important than if they you know, remembered to, you know, turn the alarm off or they, you know, change the trash or in the kitchen. the kitchen What's messy a little bit. is that someone loved to hang out with them and that when they call and say, hey, I have one song, they're like, yes, come over. It means something to them. So the connections and relationships and the hang are so yeah, much more important than absolutely. like. So if I'm not the person vibing with someone at a record label, I hope that Vanna is that person, uh-huh. you know, and she can go directly to them. Meanwhile, I'm going to try to go to that artist directly or their producer whoever I'm close with you want to cover all bases yeah you have your people and so Allison Jones has just been one of our huge like champions yeah and she just gets the job done and Mm -hmm. we have similar taste Mm -hmm. so I know when I have a song that I love if I send it to her she's gonna love it too and it might not be for anyone right away but she has a mind like a steel trap and you cannot get anything by her if I've sent her something before and she's listened and said you know oh I like this or oh you know 
maybe not right now or whatever. If I send it to her again and pretend like it's brand new, she'd be like, didn't you send this to me? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, girl. Oh, yeah. That's Just refreshing your memory. <laughs> yes. But in the meantime, that works for me in that she goes, hey, I'm listening for Rascal Flats or whatever. And I send her songs, send her songs. She's like, remember that song you sent me that one time mm. about? I'm like, oh, yeah. So there's just people that you have that you vibe really mm-hmm, well with. Mm-hmm, and people mm-hmm. who are on your same page, um, Stephanie Wright and Brian have always been amazing they're to us. Universal. Yeah, there's just people like that at different times, it goes in waves uh-huh. of like, you know, I'm not always going to have songs with someone at sony because maybe their artists just put out the record so we don't see each other for a minute you know maybe your writers write more more in a way that fit with a certain artist and if that artist isn't recording or maybe that artist is recording or yeah and at the time like i might not need to pitch songs for chris young because he writes the songs with carrie barlow or you know old dominion uh shane mcanally who produces and is also a fantastic writer he writes with jesse and and the old old dominion guys so like that's their way mm-hmm. you know I mean obviously Shane would listen if I had something that you said you need to listen to yeah he trusts you but usually it's not gonna outdo what Jesse and Shane do with Matt Ramsey and Trevor who's Rosen. in the band right yeah yeah so there's just ways you know I mean Rascal Flats they're not always writing their own songs so if I have a song for them, I'm going to take it to Allison and she's going to get it to the guys. So really, you just have a wealth of knowledge of what artists need, how they, do they write most of their songs? Right. Do they listen to most of their songs? Yes. What writers do they vibe well the most? Like what A&R people do you vibe? It's all the vibes. All yeah. It's and vibes. I'm and talent. It's figuring talent that vibes. out more as I help mentor Vanna and show her, because she'll be like, oh, could we pitch this to, you know, Morgan Wallen or something? And I'm like, well, Morgan's a guy who's going to write his record because he's a great writer so let's figure out the way to get our guys with morgan versus try to figure out how to get a song to him and let's Uh, see where else this song could have wings you know that's just you knowing that about people and it's keeping up because there's so many new artists and i'm like oh how do you keep up i mean that's where the the young guys come in <laughs> you need those like, young people out on the streets out there yeah he's going to then showcases with the new people all yes the time. and interns who are obsessed with country music i'm mm-hmm. like who is this and they're like oh you don't know cody blah 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 and i'm like okay I don't tell you gotta me. have those fresh young interns yes. who've got the right vibes exactly so they're like your lifeline you just like yeah. your little pecking order like and beyonce you, and you jay-z keep the door open like to yeah. go hey tell me i can't you can't keep up with my everything. own ego and know i already know this yes oh i know how to get a song to luke bryan or i know how to whatever yeah maybe but what about the Coles the windows guys. and what about the this and, and the you know, new batch and the new guys coming in. Yeah. So you hire people that you vibe with who are in on each level. Yes. That's brilliant. And who can do what I cannot do. And you do. trust them. Yeah. So it's all about trust and vibes. Yeah. I would never be like, you know, there's no song that comes in that is too precious unless it's with an artist attached to it already. Who wrote it. Yeah. There's no song that comes in that's too precious to save there's no song that comes out. Well, we got to wait for somebody bigger or better. You don't know. So you, if that song has a chance to get cut and on a record and have a home, you go. It's going. Yeah. Even and if it's like your favorite song of the moment and you absolutely. really think it's a Luke Bryan song, you're like, this newer person who I believe in wants yes. it, you're going to go with it? Yep. Absolutely. Get ever get all the cuts, get all the, you know, get all the songs out. Because, and, and don't, there's nothing that Vanna isn't allowed to do. Whatever you she let her be, you and you were that girl tape, uh, sitting on the hallway pitching that yes. song to Buddy Cannon. If she producer. has an idea, I'm not going to say, "Oh no, 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 you're not there yet." Because you, you don't wait. know what's going to work. Yeah, or not as yet. long as I know that she's 
received by the industry and that, you know, it's my job to introduce her to the Allisons and the Stephanies and the Bryans and whatever of the world and for her to know what is enough in their face and not wearing it out, you know, and then, and then it's just go. Like if she says, oh, should I send this to so-and-so right now? You know, I have this batch of songs. I'm going to say, okay, pick one. Mm -hmm. And that, because right now you're so new, like you, it can't be too pushy, but Mm -hmm. don't stop, you know, like, Mm. oh, I feel weird saying this. And, and she's great. I mean, she's just like, she's very shy and then she'll be like I just knew I had to do this and do that I mean she was at the Rock Nation brunch and I was at home feeling sorry for myself (laughs) and Jesse was like you would be so proud of her because she's like I just know I have to make Stevie proud he said she brought Dua Lipa up to me and introduced me to her he's like dang he's like she was on and she's so chill and he's like I he's like she said, I just knew I had to do what you would do and what you would tell me to do. And she's like, and I just did it. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like, And you can't, like, that just has to be, the, that just has yeah. to be in the person to want that. Yes. Even though she's shy, like, she yeah. wants it. Like, yeah. and, and you see that in her. And she has the same kind of thing in us. Like, she doesn't want to disappoint me. Like, I don't want to disappoint the writers. Or, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to disappoint, you know, our partners, Tamara Conniff, who is um, part of Rock Nation, who believes in us and really is a champion for us. I want to show her that she did right mm-hmm. picking us. Like you chose right. Yes. So I'm not going to let you down. Even if I'm exhausted, I could do one more thing, you know? So there's a that's lot. That's why you're the top of your game, girl. It's a lot, but it's exhausting, but it's also exciting. And you're killing it. Yeah. Just have to find that moment of going, okay, let's not have our phones out. You know, we have a come home, whatever time it is, don't do phones for dinner, maybe have a one to two hour break, and then you could pick it back up and text. I mean, Jesse and Thomas Red are always texting about everything, and and it's so funny because Lauren will be like, I know if the phone is dinging, it's Jesse and (laughs) Thomas talking about clothes or shoes or songs or whatever, and, you know, me and her are the ones just going like, okay, it's time to take a break. Because Jesse produced some of Thomas's albums too, right? Yeah, he's produced ever since uh, Tangled Up, I guess, maybe? The second, maybe. whatever the second so he's one writing, was. producing. Yeah, but you <sighs> just got to have that little window of a break. Yeah. But that's when the creative is like just firing off. Just you can't turn yeah. it off and you just want to keep the energy high. And then you're like, oh, one more thing. Uh, like, don't be mad at me. I'm going to pick up my phone for just a minute because uh-huh. I, if I don't, I'm going to forget all about this. And then now I can take a break. Oh, one more thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, let's eat dinner. And then you're like, all right, put the phone down. And you're like, you put your phone down. You know? <laughs> so I know. It's like, well, you're in your phone. Well, you're in your phone. And it's just I know. Like, I know. I know. I do that to Michael. I'm like, can we just have a break with the phone? He's like, well, you're on your phone. I'm like, no, I'm not. But then I'm like, I know. I must be. Oh, well, because my <laughs> here's my thing, too. I watch TV and I want to Google everything I'm watching. Yes. I'm like, how old is this person? <laughs> Who is that? Stevie, you, like, you did I never see- stop. So you have so much information it's about everything in so your brain. Bad. It's so bad. You're just Adding information to your brain. Yeah. And then all that anesthesia from all those surgeries, it caused a little bit of memory loss. So I'm like, there's like gaps. And I'm like, what? Did I already? Oh, I did that already. No, I didn't. Yes. I, no, I did. Yeah. No. And then I'm just and like, like okay. did I dream it or did I not? I right. Know. Oh my God. Okay. I have to wrap up with you. I want to talk to you forever. <laughs> oh, Stevie, this was like such a fun interview. I love your life. Oh, I love my life too. I will say that. Sometimes it's stressful. But I love my but life. you're doing Lucky. it hard. Yeah. And Jesse and I are figuring out how to work together and be together 
every y'all day. Y'all are a good team. We're a good team. Yeah. And y'all have fun together. We like each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do have fun. Yeah. Like you have fun in life though. Yeah. You're I fun too. How yeah. do you let yourself, and then we're going to wrap up. How do you let yourself have fun with, with all this stuff that you're bouncing? How do you let yourself take those extra tequila shots and be like, Oh shit, I may be made a fool of myself, but I had fun. Like I have trouble letting my, letting go of like responsibility sometimes. I know that I come from a genuine and good place. Mm-hmm. So even if I do something and look like an idiot for a minute, there is heart behind it. And I think people are like, oh, that's just Stevie. Or like, I'm, I've never, I don't do stuff out of like malice or I try, I feel a sense of competition, but I try to have people around us and part of that, like writers and whatever, that we take a long time to sign someone because I care about them and I love everyone who's around me. So if I'm not in a good place, Carrie Barlow's going to come in and in, 30 seconds we're cutting it up before his right or me and Jesse are laughing about something or making fun of ourselves and Vanna is a sweetheart like there's it's all because of the people around me like it's stressful but you love the people you're with yeah yeah that I mean that's just what it boils down to like I could not do what I do without everybody else having a good time too yep, so yep, 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 yep. we all lift each other up there's you know, you're not always all on the same high or the same low. And that's so, we're so lucky in that. Because if I'm down, somebody else might be having a good day. Or I could complain and they might be like, yeah, that sucks. And then we're like, well, let's get out of there. You know, like, okay, it does suck moving on. It's its own little family and ecosystem. Yeah, it's, it's really incredible. And it's like, all and like in a little house, right? Yeah, I just want to keep it going forever. Because you love it. Yeah. You have all these little people in your life that you see every day and that's a blessing to work with people in a creative way that you love that you get to have fun with yes there's a lot of responsibility but you're having a lot of fun I'm never going driving to the office going I just don't want to see them you know and I've been in places like that where it's like here comes somebody shut my door yeah you know no it's like every if somebody walks by I'm waving them in like what are you doing you know talk yeah oh it's really really good there's there's a balance it's like okay get back to work we got to do and y'all all things. know that balance because y'all all want to win y'all yeah. are in a winning company yes you are winning every person that is working with you is winning or yeah. is a potential winner they have all the ingredients to do it and, and i need them to come in yes. and go hey Let's did work. you listen to that song i'm like oh yeah that's right i meant to say blah 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 you and want then, them to stay on top of it too yeah and then i'm like um have you talked to so-and-so about this song because it's a this is good. Y'all did a good job. And they're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're all going. Keeping it alive. Yeah. Keeping it, in it, it going. Keep the, like, engine running. Okay. Woo. I want to keep talking to you, but I wrap I up with you. leave. I mean, this is, like, <laughs> one of my favorite interviews. I wrap up with leave your light. So you've obviously had such a fun, crazy, amazing, wild life. Like, <sighs> you couldn't make this up for a movie if you tried. Maybe we all of it. Make a movie out of I it. mean, you should be on a reality show. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me, tell me what you want people to know, just about anything. I think, like, because what I do, I am always on. You know, people expect you to be like always up and always happy and always, you know, in that place for them. But I think I just want people to realize that's what they do for me. Like, because. Behind it, you know, it's like a duck, so cool and calm on the top of the water, and just underneath, their feet are just going, 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 going. And that's just like, 
I want people to see that in me, but I want them to understand like it's what they do for me that keeps those feet moving, you know? So like even in, in a, in a year of like complete crap of surgery or whatever, or even like when my mom was sick, you know, there was somebody else that always lifted me up. And I just hope that I do that for them. Even when I'm complaining, it, I hope to pull myself out of it. And I hope they, they see that. I'm always like, okay, we got this together, you know. That's just... That's really a beautiful analogy. It's rough sometimes, but, you know, just got to keep going. What's the alternative? Right. You're doing what you love. Yeah. You're making magic happen. You're changing yep. the world. You're with Beyonce. I mean, you have, you have elevated. <laughs> and it, anytime I'm, like, sitting there, I'm like, oh, so-and-so canceled or this and that. Jesse's like, well, we're not roofing houses. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm not cold. I'm not hungry. You know, give yourself a day off or yeah. a little moment. Yep. And I'm like, even on the worst day in the music business, I mean, it's still a pretty good gig. Yep. So I love you, Stevie. This I is such you. a fun interview. <laughs> God, you really like are so fun and expl- explaining this. It gave, it's such a good inside look into the music industry. That is the music industry. Yes. So much personality it, and personality hang skill set it's a combo of everything yeah. learning how to maneuver you never just, stopping never stopping it's not just like some formula yeah and that's why it's different for everybody it really is and every opportunity that comes your way every door that's shut like everybody's journey is so different it really is but we're all doing the same in result you know we're all trying to get to that goal of like basically the goal is to just be allowed to keep doing it <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs> like not get kicked out of the club yes yes like this is such a going. It's such a hard club to stay in because you gotta you, that duck. Your feet can't ever yeah. stop. No, you gotta keep those feet going. You gotta keep contributing, adding value. Totally. But because it, it's so fun, but you gotta keep up. Yeah, you gotta keep up. Yeah. Well, you're crushing, Stevie. I love you. I love you so much. <laughs> this was so fun. Thank Thanks you for, for coming on. Me. Thanks for coming. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.